0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. In this round, if you will, we're talking to some of the stars of Bellator 175 in Chicago, Illinois. This event's headlined by a bout between King Mo and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Uh, among the fighters we'll talk to in this episode is Steve cazola Manuel Sanchez, heavyweight Chase Gormley, and former Bantamweight champion Marcus Galvo. First, let's talk to Steve cazola who is fighting Jake Roberts in a lightweight bout. Hey, Steve, how are you?
1: I am fantastic. How are you doing, Mike?
0: Doing very well. Uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us today.
1: Oh, thank
2: you, man. My pleasure.
0: So it's been a while since we've seen you in the cage. What have you been up to in this downtime?
2: Training, 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 working, being a great father, being a great husband. I'm very fortunate to be blessed with the most amazing wife and amazing son ever in the world. I also love what I do. I love being a martial artist 24-7, 365, and living the life. Also work as a trainer and martial arts coach. So I just lived my life, man, and uh, it's uh, it's been amazing. Learned a lot, gained a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and it's fantastic. I can't wait to get back in there and show my skills.
0: Uh, The last time we saw you fight, you had said in an interview somewhere that you wanted to stay active in 2016. Did the plan kind of change, or was it just kind of a result of the circumstances, and was that disappointing?
2: Result of the circumstances, and it was extremely disappointing. That's the last thing I wanted to do after being off for, you know, uh, 11 months was to be off for another, you know, 11 months a year. That's the last thing I wanted. But unfortunately my circumstance for world series of fighting didn't work out. Um, the representation that I had wasn't working out. So I had to make a change and, uh, I tried my best to work as best I can to make the situation I had work for me. But at the end of the day, it wasn't, the results weren't happening. We, we live in a results based society and, uh, it just wasn't going. So I had to, uh, start from scratch again and rebuild and I have, you know, I got new management Tiki and he's done phenomenal. I'm back with Bellator where I should be. And uh, now watch this is the year that I remain consistent with uh, my fighting and I'm uh, going to make some big waves in the, the MMA community.
0: So I was going to ask about that. You're back with Bellator. Is Was this another sh- uh, short-term thing or is this going to be a long-term deal?
2: It's going to be a long-term deal.
0: So does this mean uh, that you're, Are you still viewing yourself as a prospect? I've seen in interviews you said that you feel like you still are kind of at that prospect level. Do you feel like this is the beginning of a run towards a world title?
2: Absolutely. 100%. Being on the main card, um, being back with Bellator... Be on the main card uh this is the opportunity to put yourself on that platform to show that you are no longer a prospect you are a contender i now have the skills mentally physically spiritually to be a contender and hang with you know top guys in the world and i plan on showing it one fight at a time
0: so given the way that your first tenure with bellator ended and coming back what, what was it like when you heard uh that they were interested in bringing you back was you know ecstatic you know what were you what was going through your mind
1: I was I was
2: absolutely ecstatic. Uh, that I want to be with a major promotion. I don't want to take a step backwards. I want to keep you know on my uh, high platform with these high level organizations. So to hear that Bellator was back being interested in me, I was like, great. You know, because I'm going to go in here. I'm going to show them again. You know, they should have you know signed me the first time or you know really uh, push more of an effort to uh, make me exclusive the first time. Didn't work out that way. Everything happens for a reason. I don't blame them. I mean, guys come and go in the sport a lot. But you know, I'm going to really show it. You know, with my personality, with my performance. And uh, how I carry myself—that I'm a professional. I'm one of the top lightweight, featherweight fighters in the world, and I'm—I'm I'm here to stay.
0: You know, you're seven and zero. All of your fights have uh, been finishes. You haven't even seen the third round. Is it surprising to you that um, getting consistent fights has been such a struggle for you?
2: It has. Um, it's, I, I don't know what they're looking for. I mean, maybe they're looking for the more of the trash talking. Maybe they're looking, I don't know what they're looking for. I mean, I thought it was based upon your performance and going there and uh, showing exciting fights. I thought I demonstrated that clearly they thought something was missing, but you know, that, that doesn't matter anymore. What's right in front of me is March 31st, Jake Roberts, and I'm going to go in there and handle business. And I'm going to, you know, make sure I stay true to my authentic self. You know, I'm not going to all of a sudden turn around and go Conor McGregor on everyone just because, you know, trash talking has become the cool thing to do in MMA now. No, it's not who I am. It's not what I do. I'll speak my mind. I'm a competitive person by nature. So I'm just going to, you know, enhance that characteristic a little bit more. But I'm not going to go outside of who I am just to, you know, Get get fights and make extra money. That's that's not how you be successful. You be successful by remaining authentic and true to who you are, to your family, to your team, to your country, and uh, that's uh, that's how you uh, keep making your way to the top. It may be a slower process, but it's the right process to do. And that's the people who stay around the longest.
0: You know that's that's interesting that you bring that up. I feel like part of that is pressure from outsider fans to act a certain way to do this. Um, is that is it really just the fans that are putting that pressure on, or is there people behind the scenes, not necessarily in Bellator, but um, just people behind the scenes kind of pressuring you to do that, to sell yourself that way? Um, it
2: depends on who you're talking to. You know, some, uh, you know, some random people or even friends will say, you know, to do that. But you know, to them, I say, no, I mean, that's not who I am as an authentic person. And, you know, I, I see the appeal behind it from, you know, the entertainment aspect but at the same time, you know, if you're not being true to who you are, how you were raised, and you know then, then you're not being true to yourself. and eventually your time's going to come where you know something just is not going to go your way for the long to all. So I always knew that remaining true to who I am, how I operate, and going in there and let my performance be for myself is the best way to go. You know, now I'm just going to show – I mean, I've always been a competitor. I was a football player in high school, even in college. I started fighting, and I've always been a competitive nature by store. So I'm just going to bring that out a little bit, and, and that will increase my entertainment value more.
0: And you mentioned, you're, you know, you're fighting Jake Roberts at the All-State Arena in the uh, Chicago area. Um, you said earlier that you don't – prepare for a specific own opponent that it was too early in your career to do that. Do you still feel that way or are you starting to prepare specifically for an opponent?
2: I still feel that way to the point, I mean, because you know how it is in this game. A lot of guys get hurt, injured, there's late replacements. I mean, stuff happens all the time that's just completely out of your control. So I always make sure I have a general idea of who my opponent is, what they like to do, where they're comfortable, where they're uncomfortable. But I don't become obsessive over that particular person. I'm still working, you know, I I work inwards on myself because that's who I can control. I can't control what Jake Roberts is going to do in that cage. I can go, I can get an idea of what his history is, I can get an idea of what he's done before, but if I go in there with that set mindset and he does something different, then that's that's something that could mess with you know some guys' heads. I go in there very loose and uh, adaptable to any type of change that he may make or you know may try to throw at me, and remain loose and comfortable. I know what I have, I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, and I know what I'm going to go in there and have to do to become victorious.
0: So what have you what have you gotten out of uh, him? Like have you assessed him? Where do you see his weaknesses?
2: Um, you know, he he's not weak anywhere. To say that he, to say that Jake is weak anywhere would be a lie. Jake, Jake is uh, Jake is good everywhere. I just don't think he's great anywhere. That's that's where I think the biggest difference is going to be. I don't see anything great in his stand-up, in his grappling, in his mindset, in his preparation. I just don't see anything great about it. And that's not I mean that's not to say that he's a bad person or anything like that. I think Jake is a great guy. I also think he's a good fighter. Uh, but you know when you're getting stuck in that battle of good versus great good's gonna lose to great and I believe with my preparation How I do things every single day how I train my stand-up my wrestling and my ground is nothing short of phenomenal with my team And uh, all the people I have around me I have a championship environment around me 24 7 and that's gonna be the biggest difference here
0: Now I know fighters don't like to look ahead and um, I'm not trying to make you do that, but I'm gonna ask anyways you know, you see someone like Cody Garbrandt gets a title shot with only a few more wins than you have right now. Do you see, you know, a title shot in this year or within the next few fights? Uh,
2: I'm, personally, I, I I don't care, to, to be honest. I mean, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, I, again, I don't care. What I'm focused on is just one fight at a time. I You know, what is it? We, what we got to the fight, you know, we got like 12 days of the fight or so. Um, I live in that world, you know, um, no, I don't like looking past, you know, but I'm looking to climb up the ladder. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And the only person I'm going to move backwards for is Dylan Dan to get him a butt whooping and then I'll keep moving forward up the ladder to the title.
0: Now, lightweight's, uh, a very interesting division in MMA in general, but you know, Bill Bellator has some big names in the lightweight division as well. Is there anyone that's you, you would really like to fight in the Bellator lightweight division? If Dylan Dance can you
2: know cut his fat ass from, you know, seventy or whatever to one fifty five, I wanted to fight him.
0: That's an interesting matchup just because of the connection or the style because he's a jujitsu guy. No,
2: I, you know, when I said about being an authentic person, I, I, I don't like how he's not being his authentic self anymore. All of a sudden he starts training with Connor, you know, overseas, and then he starts, you know, becoming this guy who's like, oh, I'm about money, I wear this jewelry, I wear these nice clothes, I sell off the like, dude, no you don't, man. Go back to being the humble, awesome jiu-jitsu player that you know you are, and, uh, and, and, and roll with that, that's who you really are, that's your authentic self. Once that person decides to go off of that for money you know, aspect or whatever value, you know, like that's that's when they're going to lose. They're going to come up against someone who's for real, and they're going to realize that, oh, man, like I bit off way more I can chew. And plus, I don't like that he didn't even work his way up to Bellator. I had to work my way up from the bottom, find an Indian reservation, chicken coops, you name it, you know, sanctioned, unsanctioned, all that stuff. I, you know, I had to earn my way here you know, one step at a time, you know, for him just to have that jump and all of a sudden, you know, get all this variety. I don't like it, you know, so not, nothing against him as a, you know, as uh, a fighter I think is an amazing jiu-jitsu practitioner. I mean Marcelo Garcia black belt. How phenomenal. I mean, that's great But what really just kind of drives me nuts is how he's going away from his authentic self trying to copy Conor McGregor's style Don't be a copycat. You're never gonna be the best copycat be the best you and let that roll You know, so that's a matchup. I would love to have I would I will knock him out no doubt and then I'll move on. I don't, but at the same time, I don't get much satisfaction being the an O and O guy, or I've done that before, or not. I've been O and O guys before. I get no satisfaction. I'm undefeated. I want to move up the ladder. But at the same time, though, if I can, you know, teach this guy a lesson, use my name, and get his fans, then I'll do so.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you.
2: I appreciate. It. Thank you for the time. God bless.
0: there you have it. Steve Cazola letting us know what he thinks of his opponent and calling out Dylan Dennis. That was a surprise. Let's keep the ball rolling and talk to Emmanuel Sanchez, a featherweight Bellator contender with a Sterling record, looking to make a statement win against the former champion and put his name in contention for a featherweight title shot this year.
1: You for the, the time as well. Thank you for
0: having me. So you were campaigning to get on this card in Rosemont, Illinois. It's close to home. How motivating is that for you? Very motivating. You know, uh,
3: whether this was going to be in Illinois or not, I knew I wanted to be on. So when I found out it was going to be in Illinois, man, I just lost my marbles. I was like, I have to be on this now. Then this is being stupid. This is going to be a crime if I'm not on this card. And... Now that I'm on it, I'm like, man, dreams come true. You know what I mean? I knew I wanted to be on it the second they announced it, and uh, now it's just time to shine.
0: What was it about this card, aside from it being close to home, that made you want to be on it?
3: Um, card with legends, you know what I mean? Um, I remember fighting in St. Louis against Justin Lawrence, and when they announced uh, Shamrock versus Gracie, I was like, I need to be on this card. Bam, dreams into reality. I was on that card. And, you know, now... Being on the Tito and Sonny card, and then when they announced Rampage versus Kingwell, I was like, boom! I, I want to be on the card with all these legends and have stories to tell. And you know, Rampage was the uh, first pay-per-view I ever bought when I started to watch mixed martial arts and get into it. And uh, now I'm like, wow! I'm fighting with former light heavyweight champion, you know, Rampage Jackson, on the same card as him, and you know, you just can't write a better story. I knew I wanted, I needed to be on it.
0: And to boot, you're slotted in the co-main. You, with all these uh, big legends that you've been fighting with, you could probably write a book of stories of interactions with them.
3: Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is just what a story to tell, you know what I mean? This young kid you know, out there working his way up, grew up, you know, watching these guys fight, buying the pay-per-views or getting, you know, whatever, going to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch these guys fight. And now it's like, oh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm your co-main event now. And we're probably going to be in the same locker room too, so it's just crazy.
0: And, and you were the co-main in your last fight, you know, co-main. Uh, you were slated to be the co-main. That's a slot that you've been holding down a lot. Have you kind of felt this rub? You know, you mentioned being on the crazy Shamrock card, and this one. Are you feeling kind of the uh, that you're you're capitalizing on that extra attention you're getting?
3: Um. Yeah. You know. Obviously, they. I believe. You know. The Bellator staff did it to me for a reason. You know. If not, if there's anything that I ask for, it's not calling out opponents, it's not talking trash, it's just, uh, you know, I've always just wanted to stay active, and they've done that and more for me, so um, not only am I fighting the best, but I'm fighting on the biggest cards, and I'm staying active, you know, so I'm just turning my dreams into my reality.
0: Now, in your last fight, it went the distance, uh, it wasn't that long ago, really, you know, are there any lingering bumps and bruises, or did you kind of walk away unscathed?
3: Uh, well, you know, yeah, I do my best to uh, walk away unscathed, but as you're getting older, you know, and things just happening in training, yeah, I have quite a few things that still, it, it, I wouldn't say it's uh, it's holding me back from training to my full potential, but it is something that's lingering. So I do need to see a chiropractor and uh, acupuncturist and a massage therapist daily, or at least weekly, but, um, you know, that, like I guess that is what it is. I'm doing my best to take care of myself holistically. I'm a clean fighter, and I'll always be a clean fighter, so... You know, that goes to just show that um, we're human. You know, we're human and got to take care of myself to go out and put on exciting performances.
0: Have you ever experimented with that Cairo, uh, whatever, that cold, that really cold um, tank that people use?
3: Oh, yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> what is it about? It
3: it's, it, uh, it's like a ice bath without any ice, really. It's just they get it as cold as they possibly can. They put some gloves on you. You're in your boxers, and you're just there for as long as you like to be—one minute to three. Any more than that, I, you know, I believe is no good. But yep, it's just kind of like a, a high-tech ice bath, you know. So ice baths are good too. I like it, but when I do cryo, you know, you just feel all that uh, the cold air rushing upon you, and it just feels really good.
0: Can you stay the full three minutes?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually love it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh stay mentally strong, I'm just in there and I'm just like, ah, I just feel myself so free and feel myself very recovered.
0: So transitioning to this fight, you're uh, fighting a former Bantamweight title holder, he's moving up uh, weight class. Uh, do you think the move up in size is going to be an issue for him, are you going to be too big?
3: Um, well, you know, martial artists, the smaller man could beat the big man. If size mattered, the elephant would be the king of the jungle. So. I don't see myself as being, oh, hey, yeah, man, I bulked up and I did this. I'm going to be super strong and, you know, too much. Nah, I just see it as the advantages that I have is my desire and my will to win. You know, that outweighs everyone's physical attributes and everything that they could potentially have against me on paper, you know. So it's all paper on paper. I'm excited, anxious to go out, put on an exciting performance, and size don't matter. Uh, their skill levels don't matter. I know what I can do. I know what I want to do. And I know what I'm going to do. And I just can't wait to go show it to the world.
0: Now, you know, you wanted to fight someone like AJ McGee earlier because it was a big name to capitalize on. This is a formal title holder. Do you kind of feel like this is that fight that you've been looking for, that big uh, name opponent to kind of launch you into the next stratosphere?
3: Uh um. Yes, you know, I feel uh, just so focused, so determined, so hungry. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, I'm the best. How can, how can anyone deny me or talk trash about fight for the title that did fight for the title? Like, you know, I there's no such thing as an easy fight, but I've really had no, no fights where it's like, oh man, wow, damn! Like everyone knows who I'm fighting. You know who I've been fighting know me because they know who I've been fighting so I'm just super ecstatic to go out and take out another big name and you want to beat the best so you know I gotta go out and take this guy out and prove that I'm the best
0: you have fought a, a long list of names and they've been uh tough fights I guess you know your last seven fights have been decisions are you comfortable going to the finish now or going to the judge's card now and going the full three rounds are you still looking for that finish constantly
3: yeah you know I feel like i you know I mean I just got to go out and love fighting and you put so much pressure on yourself it's like oh I gotta knock this guy I gotta submit this guy oh man I suck when to run out and finish this fight blah 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 of course I want to go out and finish the fight and that's all I look to do every single time I fight but you know um things happen the, the fight happens you know and it's uh It's it's hard and it's difficult. Plus, I'm fighting the best guys out there, you know, so that's another thing. You know, I'm fighting guys, high-level jiu-jitsu, high-level striking, high-level experience, everything. So, you know, but I think the fact that I've come very, very close, TKO submission to every single one of these guys, uh, that proves what I can do and who I am. So, you know, I just got to go out and have fun. You know, I love fighting, go out and have fun, no pressure, and just do what I love to do
0: your cardio is one of your best attributes. Do you feel like it kind of plays into your wheelhouse, though?
3: Absolutely, you know, and that's just a big another thing, too. You know, my coach always asked me, have you ever been tired after, after a fight? I say, no, then you need to throw more. So, you know, uh, I've always said, you know, i like Canelo, De La Hoya, uh, Golovkin, but also you, you got to see the packing outside of me, and that's being able to just go, 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 be a little jackrabbit out there, the little Energizer bunny, you know. Um, if uh, an there- be tired than just uh then yeah you need to be throwing 10 in center I and mean, you gotta be able to go out there intelligently uh, be aggressive and uh, be dominant you know in the striking and the grappling whatever it be so um yeah you know i don't know i just uh, i don't know what it is something just deep inside this heart and these lungs that just uh never lets me stop moving and never let me stop going
0: now you brought up Golovkin did you watch the fight and what did you think of the result um, yeah,
3: I know people are saying, you know, close fight and this and that or whatever, but, uh, I thought he did good. I thought it was a good fight. You know, yeah, that kid showed, you know, that he's good too, you know, and that just goes to prove that everybody's human, that everybody's the perfect best fighter, you know, pound for pound, whatever, and even the pound for pounds, you know, or the legends, you know, lost or, you know, got hurt, you know, in fights or at one point in their career. So, um, I thought it was a good fight. I thought, I think that kid's good too. And um, I still can't wait to see uh, Triple
0: G. Now there was, a at one point in time, the desire to fight AJ McGee. He's kind of now been focused on James Gallagher. Is that still a fight that's on your radar, or are you kind of moving past that to bigger names?
3: Um, that's an interesting you know little connection,
0: you know what I mean? Because
3: obviously him and Gallagher are you know, chomping at the bit at each other two undefeated guys in the division, both, what, 21 and younger, just right there on that age. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see if they put them together right away or if they wait to, you know, maybe the number one contenders, but who knows, you know. For me, it's like, all right, both of these guys are in my division, so I know i got to scrap them both. So whether it be the next fight, three fights from now, or a title defense when I'm champion, you know, who knows. Um, only God knows the future, And uh, but sure enough, you know, uh, I know our paths will cross, you know, uh, with McKee, with Gallagher, with um, Vichel again, with Kern again, with uh, anyone again. You never know, you know. So I'm ready for whoever, whatever, whenever, wherever.
0: If they book that McGee-Gallagher fight, is that a number one contender bout for a shot at Emmanuel Sanchez?
3: Um, Yeah, you know, potentially could be, I feel. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, like I was saying, you know, man, I thought of the man who – held the title in Pat Curran and now I'm fighting another one in Galvao. I'm fighting the man who was supposed to fight for the or, supposed to fight for the title in Georgie Carkonyan and did fight for the title, Daniel Vlecho, who could be the champion, you know, he was one punch away from being the champion in the first round. So how can you my top spot, you know what I mean, when I'm fighting three guys that are in the title or title pick I'm fighting so consider me one of the best know the the champion in the making because i'm looking to go out and take all these
0: guys out you make a good case for the next fight being for the title uh so i don't i don't know if that mcgee gallagher fight is next for you it seems like the title shot's next but i'll end with this question your guy who looks for the big cards to be on they just announced bellator 180 new york pay-per-view sun and silva have you already started blowing up scott coker's phone trying to get on that card
3: Oh, uh, we just started talking about it. Me and my coach, Duke Rufus. So you never know when that's going <laughs> to come up. You know what I mean? That's huge because, yeah, of course, obviously I have a huge task at hand. I have a giant in front of me. Another mountain that I need to get over to get to where I want to be next on this first. But sure enough, yeah, you know what I mean? Being able to be on a pay-per-view now. I just want to, you know, when I'm done fighting, like, you know, I was saying, being on this card with legends, having stories to tell, being on the card with Fedor, being on the card with... uh uh dang, we're not we who's supposed to see the main event again sorry I'm gonna the word inside, um right? yes yes oh my god you know I mean so Vanderlei too is another one that I'm a huge fan of Vanderlei Vanderlei love my fighting style so I'm like super ecstatic to be like oh wow I fought in the same card as Vanderlei Silva 2 and then Taylor and then, you know it's just nuts you know so You know what a what a story I'm going to be able to have to tell when I'm done fighting. That you know I was on the card with all these guys that I grew up watching, you know, and learning from.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you at uh, Bellator 175 in Chicago. We'll see you when you're in town.
3: Thank you so much,
4: brother. Yes, we'll see you next week, and uh, thank you for the time as well.
0: There you have it, the thoughts from Emmanuel Sanchez on his upcoming fight at Bellator 175. Let's keep it rolling and talk to heavyweight Chase Gormley, who's looking to put his name into contention for a heavyweight title shot coming off of two consecutive wins. Hey, Chase, how are you? What's up, buddy? Uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us. Sorry to uh, make you jump back oh. on the phone. <laughs> so, you know, how's everything been going in this camp, leading up to this fight, everything everything going well?
1: Yeah, it's going great, man. You uh, know, I think this week uh, I was hurting. I've been cutting a lot of weight. So the last three weeks I've been really uh, down in the dumps. It's like this week, Monday, yesterday, and today, I feel like my energy starting to come back, so I feel really good going into this fight. Because usually the last two weeks I'm hurting, but I'm already down to weight, so the, the, my cut's pretty much over. So now I'm already starting to get some energy back, which is like the first time in a camp that that's happened. So I'm really excited. Because usually at this point in time, I'm pretty exhausted, you know.
0: I think a lot of fans don't uh, think that heavyweights ever have to cut weight and, and how difficult <laughs> it is for them to do it.
1: Yeah, well I, you know, I'm naturally like 300 pounds so I think for this camp I started like 310 because I took like two solid months off to kind of let some of my injuries heal so I really, uh, you know, I kind of packed it on but I was smart with my diet this time usually I kind of eat whatever I want and just kind of taper off towards the end this time I really stuck to a strict diet you know, kind of meal prepped and uh, it really paid off towards the end here
0: Are you a guy who works with a dietitian, or do you kind of do everything on your own? I
1: did last uh, last camp, but you know, I just what he had me doing just didn't make me feel good as far as, like, the food and everything. I mean, it was all good food and everything, but it just didn't really give me any energy. I always kind of felt flat. So this kind of I, I kind of just took some of these concepts and kind of uh, adapted them to my own uh, personal preferences. And I think this time I felt a lot better. Uh, I didn't really cut out some of the things I like to eat, but I just kind of minimized them and really uh, focused on keeping the good foods, you know, coming in. And uh, when I cut weight, I, I always eat. A lot of guys starve themselves, but I just make sure I always get uh, enough food in me and just put an extra work in you know?
0: Do you do the water cut part of it? If so, how much do you uh, have to
1: Not towards the end. Usually I water load because when you, when you water load your body, when you go to actually sweat it out, you sweat more. Because if you kind of taper off on the water too soon, your body starts holding in everything. and like, won't let it go, you know. So when you cut the water out too soon, you end up just kind of like, you know, stalemate. you know, you, the weight just won't come off anymore. So it, it's good to like overload on water and then like the last one, press paper and down, you
0: know? And, and drinking a lot of water uh, makes you less hungry, but drinking a lot of water is also really hard. Like I've tried to do uh, the gallon, two gallons <laughs> a day. Like I th- it's harder than people understand.
1: Yeah, I think when you're when you're cutting weight though, and you're and you're in the room twice a day, it's not too difficult. <laughs>
0: it's
1: actually the only thing I look forward to is to get some water, man. I'm so thirsty because usually when I when I used to cut weight, you know, not as smart, I would be cutting my water out a little too soon, and man, you know, that's all you want. That's all you want. You don't want food. You don't want anything. You just want this time, uh, I made sure I keep my water up high until the last minute. You know.
0: Yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Looking forward to this fight. Okay. Um you're you're fighting on this card, Rampage Jackson. Talking to some of the younger guys on the card, a lot of them are excited to be on an event with uh, Rampage Jackson. He kind of carries this name. Now you have a history; you fought in the UFC before. Uh, do you kind mm-hmm. of feel that way too, or is it just kind of does the, none of that phase you anymore?
1: Uh no, man! It's, I I got a big challenge ahead of me, so that's really my only worry right now. It doesn't really matter who's in front of me or behind me. You
3: know,
1: <laughs> I I got one task to hand, and that's all I'm worried about. You know it could be anybody in front of me I would carry, could carry less because, you know, I wish those guys all the success in the world, but I got to focus on me,
0: you know? So you're on a two-fight win streak. The guy you're fighting is coming off a loss. You know, was there any kind of negotiation picking names? Was this just the guy that they wanted to match you, match you up with and you took it? Or was there any kind of thinking that I'd rather fight a guy who has a little bit of a win streak on his own? Uh,
1: No, I mean, I think is a uh, – you know, great fighter to fight against. He, you know, his last fight, he just got caught, I, in my personal opinion. And, uh, you know, the guy came out and caused some chaos and just dropped him. I think this fight, he's going to come back, you know, uh, focused. You know, he's going to try to make a statement that, you know, that that was a mistake and I'm going to have a fight on my hands. But I think if I finish him, then that puts me right in the mix for whenever they decide to give the belt out. Then I'll definitely be in in, in the drawing for that, you know?
0: Speak, yeah, you know, you win. You have three fights, uh, a three-fight win streak. I think that puts you in the in the championship. You feel like it still might be up in the air, like your spot in that championship bout, whenever that comes about, still might be up for debate?
1: Well, I think I'll probably have like one 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 or two more fights after that before I can really, you know, nail that down. But it definitely will, will keep me in that trajectory towards the championship. And, uh, you know, Bellator, you know, if they're going to do what they're going to do. All I got to do is win, man, and then uh, hope for the best, you know.
0: Right. That's,
1: that's all I can do is go in there and train hard and win fights, and then you know, Bellator let me know when it's my chance, you know. And I just want to miss that opportunity.
0: Have they kind of given you any indication of when that might come when they finally decide to do a heavyweight title fight?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I, I really don't know. They haven't given like an idea if they're going to do a tournament or whether they're just going to do a single fight. So I think we're all kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. But uh, you know, in the meantime, I just got to keep winning fights so that you know. I'm still in the running for that when they finally make that decision. You know,
0: tournaments are kind of a dying art in MMA. Uh, they, you know, everything yeah. seems to move away from that. Do you enjoy the tournament format? Do you like that?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it's more like a wrestling style for me, so it's more like uh, familiar. But uh, you know, even if they do think they do a tournament in that traditional sense where it. You know, you all fight one card, and you know, we'll see what happens. I think like one guy will fight this card, and I'll do like. The the quarterfinal bracket, and then then the other side, and then the kind of transition like that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it would be like all one show, a big tournament. I think they kind of have individual fights here and there, and they kind of you know wrap down that way.
0: Now you came into Bellator, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Titan heavyweight champion. Um, Mm -hmm. You you got a two fight win streak. Do you feel like you're kind of really hitting your prime and your stride now?
1: Because I was hurt in the last few fights, and I still, you know, made it happen and got there and got the win. So, I think mean, this fight, this is the first fight I'm coming in healthy in over a year and a half. So, I really feel like this is my opportunity to show people that I'm, you know, I'm in the top echelon as far as the for and Bellacore. And, uh, you know, my goal right now is win that belt, and I'm definitely on the path to do that. So, you know, my main objective right now is go out there, and not just win, but win big. You know, i got to go out there and not and If I go to a decision, that's really something that uh, I don't want to do. So I am like, my power to make sure I go down host to
0: fight. You know? Now you uh, mentioned being healthy for the first time in a long time. Does that kind of alter mm-hmm. the way that you train? Do you train a little bit more cautiously to remain healthy?
1: Uh, you know, I just I, I always train smart. You know, I don't, I'm not a big uh, arts factor. I don't go out there and try to hurt people, and you know, hopefully they you know return the favor to me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you always want to. If you get hurt in practice, you know, then I mean, you can't go out and perform. So, you just have to, you know, you. sometimes you have to be vocal to your side of the street, like, hey, I got a fight coming up, you know, just, if you, if you got my knee in a bad position or if you got me in a weird position, just, you know, I'll tap or whatever, because it's not worth uh, missing out on the fight for, you know, just ego. And I think that's the thing with me is I don't have a big ego, so I have no problem, you know, tapping out in weird positions or, you know, taking the easy on guys who are taking it easy on me. But then there's times when you got to pick it up too, you just gotta be smart about it, you know?
0: Right. Is, is there? You feel like there's a a lot of pushback when you when you're like that, or you know, people like to go a certain pace in practice or try their hardest or you know what people some label practice hero or whatever. Do you do you find like there's some pushback from that thought process? No,
4: no,
1: you know, not really. Because you know, I think uh, I respect my parents usually. They return a favor, you know. I and I usually don't go with guys that are, are try hard, you know, that are trying to prove something. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to get paid. And if you get hurt in practice, but you know, having an ego match with somebody, then we just lose, you know, no matter what happens. So I always try to tell him, hey man, I, you know, you're going a little hard, and you know, taper down a little bit. And then, uh, you know, if we're, if we're both going hard, we should both understand that we could both be defensive, and we're both on the same page. And when one guy is going hard, the other guy is kind of just tip tap. Then, you know, that's where, that's when uh, you know problems happen in the room. So I never really have that issue. Well, most of my most of my training partners know know this up, you
0: know. Right. So there was a big announcement this uh, week. Bellator's doing their first pay per view event. What is your yeah. thought process on uh, Bellator starting to explore the pay per view format?
1: Yeah, you know, I think they're coming up. You know, they're, I think they're they're starting to kind of creep up on the UFC. You know, they don't have the the big names like McGregor yet, or or uh, you know the GM brothers, or you know such. But I think they're they're definitely on their way. They're more like, uh, what I would say, they're less, like, wrestling-like. Like, EFC kind of getting more like, uh, professional wrestling kind of thing going on, and everybody's talking a big game, or they want money fight. You know, like Bellator is just a fight. You know, people go in there and they fight, and that's the way it should be. I don't really like this whole dramatic thing that UFC's doing, but, you know, they're making their money, though, so more power to them. I just, uh, you know, I think Bellator doing the right thing. You know, they got their own vision for what they want to do, and I think, uh, Going
0: to be successful the here. So that's interesting that you say that. You know, they sign Ryan Bader. There's big names coming over uh, while, you know, Rory McDonald, while they're still in their prime. You know, as somebody who's around fighters a lot, is there a kind of a growing sentiment or discussion where people are starting to take notice of what Scott Coker's doing at Bellator and really kind of see the, the positives in what Bellator's doing versus the UFC? Well, I think a lot of
1: them are coming over for the small ships and it's really just that simple. You know, the UFC went find that Reebok deal, Forces all these fighters to fall in line. We're independent contractors. There's no reason why any of us should have to. Hold on, the baby's got the water. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Anyways, it should have to follow that, uh, you know, that guideline because we're independent contractors. How are you going to tell us we can have sponsorship? That's how we make most of our money. So I don't understand why they're coming over. Plus, you know, there's a lot of politics over there that I don't care for. like I said, the UFC, I'm, I'm always happy they did so successfully. You know, they they started this whole thing, but where they're going now, I, I really don't care for it. Like, if I, you know, got released from Bellator, sort of by like contracting or whatever, so happened, I, I wouldn't even be interested in going to the UFC because I just don't care for what they're doing. You know, so I, I really enjoy being with Bellator, and I think uh, if I have the option, I'm going to stay
0: with that, you know. And for anyone who's never been to a Bellator show in live, it's it's a totally different experience, and it's very yeah. entertaining, visually pleasing. The stage, the entrances, it's just so much more engaging all around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't actually been to a lot of UFC ones, so I can't really compare the two. But I, I've i been to uh, uh, Bellator, I think when it was over here at the Honda Center. It was I had a really good time. So, so I actually get more nervous watching the fights than actually going in there and fighting. Especially <laughs> so when the guys I know are fighting, I get real nervous, you know.
0: Really, you you know you you uh, you have so many like what nineteen fights I think under your record on your record. you yeah. st- you still get nervous. What what about it makes you nervous? Uh,
1: no, when every guys fight, makes you nervous. It's when I want to succeed, you know. You, you never know how a fight's going to go, man. The fight game's so, you know. One second you can be dominating the guy for three rounds, and the very last minute he knocks you out. Right? So it's always like on the toe. when I fight. I've been I started fifteen, about four years old, so it's no big deal. I'm used to it. But when the other guys fight, I get nervous. When guys I know fight, I start like, ah, you know, because I feel like I can't go out there and help them They're on their own, you
0: know. Right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. No uh, problem. Best of luck.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: And this brings us to our last fighter on this episode, Marcus Galvao. He's fighting Emmanuel Sanchez at Bellator 175, making his debut at 145 pounds and looking to claim a title in a second weight class. We're using the help of a translator here, so this isn't his voice, but these are his answers. First of all, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Thank you. So, the big uh, storyline going into this fight is the move up to 145 pounds. What prompted the decision to move up to featherweight? Was it just a new challenge? Was it Dantas holding the belt and having fought him twice?
4: It was. Uh, I should have went up about three fights ago. It's becoming harder and harder for me to make the weight. Has nothing to do with me fighting Dantas in the past or. You know, getting the new belts. Just about it was becoming harder and harder on my body.
0: I got you. Is uh, is he a little bit relieved that he can change his diet? Does he does he feel like he's going to be stronger at one forty
4: five? I think yeah, cause I'm able to focus more on my training. It's uh, you know, it's less stressful for me now because I'm not so concerned about making you know the weight. I don't know if I'm going to be the stronger guy in that division, but it's a lot less uh, stressful on my mindset to make uh, forty five than thirty five.
0: Uh, one thing that people moving up in weight class talk about is their ability to lift weights to kind of gain strength. It's something that they don't do when they're trying to fight at a lighter weight. Uh, has he been doing more weight training, trying to kind of get stronger now that he don't have to worry about that extra ten pounds? Yeah, you know,
4: um, I, I've never been a big fan of lifting a, a lot of weights. Um, I like to do more specific training for the fights, and um, I think that when you lift weight, you, you're right. You know, especially the lower level, uh, lower uh, weight class a lot harder on your body because you have to cut weight and you put on a lot of size. But even though I'm moving up, I'm not like I said, I'm not a big guy in terms of lifting heavy. So it, that that didn't change much. Uh,
0: another perk for fighters moving up in weight class is that it's always perceived that they will be faster than the fighters in the heavier weight class. Uh, does he expect to be faster at 145 than most 145 f- pound fighters?
4: Yeah, I think without a doubt, my speed is going to be faster than the guys in that division because I'm not cutting as much weight. I won't be as sluggish. I'll be able to be faster.
0: So you're fighting Emmanuel Sanchez in this fight uh, in Chicago. I think he's kind of an unheralded featherweight fighter who doesn't maybe get as much recognition as he should. I was kind of interested in what his thoughts on Emmanuel Sanchez are.
4: Yeah, you know, definitely I agree with you. He's very underrated. He's a top guy in the division, and I think that I got to, you know, respect him a lot and be ready to fight him because i know he's going to bring out the best of me i've been following him for a while now i know he's a very tough
0: opponent now emmanuel sanchez uh kind of believes that this fight puts him in uh contention for a title shot next um eduardo dante uh, i'm sorry galvoa he just fought lost the belt to Dantis. he has a win since then uh recent champion does he feel the same way is this is this a number one contender bout? Yeah, without
4: a doubt, I think this is very much of a title contention fight, and especially that Bellator announced in New York, uh, Master Square Garden, they come in doing the show here. Me, being that I'm a local guy, I think that after a big win after Emmanuel Sanchez, being that I was the former champion, being that I would have two wins in a row now, um, I think being at the guard, I, I think especially for myself, I think it puts me right up, up there uh, for the title shot.
0: The last time we talked, you talked about um, how incredible it would be to fight in New York after the legalization happened. So now that it's happened, um, you know what was your response when Bellator announced that this card was happening in New York?
4: Imagine, you know, I mean that—that's
0: a dream come true. And anybody want to be
4: on that card? You know, Madison Square Garden is the mecca. You know, the the world's most famous arena. Anyone wants to be on that card.
0: And. and how much would it uh, mean to him to be on the same, like, the card's going to be headlined by Vanderlei Silva. How much do, would that mean to him to be on a card with Vanderlei? Yeah, I mean, that, these guys are icons, you know, Vanderlei,
4: and uh Fedor. These are guys that are going to be on that card, and to be fighting amongst them is a, definitely a dream come true for any fighter. Uh,
0: with Fedor and the Sonnen and, and, you know, how stacked the card is, he, uh, is he at all concerned that, Bellator might leave off a featherweight title fight off that card? No, because, you know what, I'm
4: a local guy, and I think that's going to play a major factor. You know, being that I live in New York, I train in New York, I think that'll definitely sway uh, that towards me.
0: Now, uh, getting back to this fight a little bit, he's potentially setting up a run at a second title on a different weight class. Uh, pursuing multiple titles in different weight classes has become a very trendy thing lately. Um, in his mind, as he thinks about the historic ramification of winning a belt in a second weight class, or is it strictly just about winning another championship? No,
4: nah, I'm not thinking about that. I just want to go in there, put a good fight. You know, then you know, I just want to be the champion. I'm not thinking about being a two division champion. I'm just be- thinking about being the champion.
0: So he mentioned earlier that uh he doesn't like to weight train, he kind of likes to train specifically. Does that carry over in like his game plan for an opponent? Does he is somebody who kind of looks and examines and tries to find a weakness and come up with a specific game plan for a fighter, or is he just always kind of focused on what he does best? Yeah, we definitely
4: like to strategize and watch my opponents, you know, we see what he's good at and then we definitely work on that.
0: With Emmanuel Sanchez, uh, is there anything in particular that you've, focused, that you've noticed about him that you can share that you're going to look to exploit?
4: Yeah, he's, uh, one of the major things that I've noticed from him is that he's very aggressive. He likes to um, move forward. He's very, always looking to finish the fight, always looking to, to put on an exciting fight, and I'm looking to capitalize off of that.
0: And one of his strengths is uh, his conditioning. You know, he's gone the distance a lot recently in particular, uh, and everybody talks about his conditioning being so strong. Uh, Is he concerned at all about that, or how does he feel his conditioning matches up? No,
4: I'm not thinking about his cardio. I'm worried about mine. I know I have also very good cardio, especially moving up in weight class. You know, at 135 maybe I looked a little tired sometimes. That was due to the weight cut. So I know 145 pounds I'm not going to worry about my cardio my cardio is great
0: well thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us best of luck to you in the fight thank you thank you everyone for tuning into this bellator 175 edition of the extra rounds podcast i hope you enjoyed the interviews with the fighters We have a lot more interviews coming this week. We will be on location at Bellator 175 in Chicago. So stay tuned for more exclusive content right here at Extra Rounds.